Hello, everybody, and welcome to our show, Creator Spotlight. This is actually our new series where we are going to interview content creators from different backgrounds, and we are going to talk to people who do amazing things with live video. I'm your host, Anya, here with Restream Team in Austin, Texas. If you are thinking about starting your own live show, I would I would recommend you to consider checking out our live studio. This is how we run our show, and this is the easiest way to send your professional live videos to all social media platforms at the same time. So if you're thinking about starting, maybe get started right here at restream.io slash studio. And now on to our guest. With Super Bowl being right around the corner and NFL fans just be getting super hyped up and cheering for the winner, we decided to talk about live streaming in sports, like football. My guest today is Melissa Kelly. She's a studio producer for NFL Philadelphia Eagles team. Hi, Melissa, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I feel honored to be on the side of the camera. It's not something I'm used to, so thank you. Awesome. Awesome. It's great. Yeah. It's super great to have you here. And uh, yeah, we are going to, I'm super excited about our conversation because there's so much, so much to talk about and just real quick, acknowledging some people in the chat. I see expert man. Hi there. I think there was some kind of a little hiccup on YouTube, but looks like it's now good again. Thanks for letting us know. Really appreciate it. Sean from LinkedIn says, I would love to work in sports, especially MMA. Awesome. Sean, thank you so much for sharing. Let us know guys, if you are um, actually, I had a question, like a community question for everybody today. If you guys are watching sports on social media, if that's your thing, let us know. There's so many different ways to consume sports content, right? Some people listen to the games on the radio, others watch, you know, traditional TV, uh, cable stuff, but there's so many ways to learn about football and like to, to watch content on social these days. And this is part of our conversation. So let us know if that's your thing. And in the meantime, we will just get to our questions. Melissa, can you tell us a little bit about your work at Eagles team? And I know you've been studio producer with the team for almost six years now. How did your job change when the pandemic started? Yeah, so I actually, I started with the Eagles as an intern in 2014. So I did all kinds of areas of production. And I was telling you a few minutes ago before we went on, I started doing some on-camera stuff and it went very poorly. So I apologize for how bad I do on camera today. So I started focusing on behind the scenes. So after I interned, I became a production coordinator. And I think I was a production coordinator for maybe three years. And then I'd say the past two, three years, I've been a studio producer. And it's been a dream come true because when I was little, I always had a camera in my hands. I was making movies with my Barbies, doing all kinds of stuff. Being able to do it for a professional sports team is amazing. And it was great because I had so many years before this pandemic hit to get a feel for how everything works in the studio, how everything works behind the scenes. And when the pandemic hit, it was absolutely wild, but I, myself and the rest of our full-time staff, we handled it really well. And I think it was March 13th is when we all got sent home. And we carried as much stuff with us as we could. I took my Mac computer, took everything that I could home. And they gave us one day to come back, grab some things that we didn't have. And then we just started working from home for a while. And up until March 13th, I produced our draft shows for the past three years, I believe. And so we were prepping as if we were going to have everybody in studio and our talent in studio, our crew, our freelancers. But then we had to shift everything to do a remote draft show. So that was our first big project that we had. So we had our talent all in their own homes. I was producing from my apartment at that time. We had a, our technical director with the switcher in his basement 
And it was just, it was wild. So that was our first big project when the pandemic hit was the draft. And that was one of the biggest projects that we could possibly have in that moment. And then in July, we had maybe, I'm not quite sure how many full-time staff got to be back in the building, but we went into NFL testing protocols for COVID and they did such an amazing job making sure that we all felt safe. We all were safe. We were getting swabbed. Some people every single day, and they may have done, a lot of people in my department were every day for maybe even 160, 170 days in a row. I was once a week. So we were producing press conferences, game day shows. There were just a few of us allowed in the building. And then I want to say it was in November or early December, the protocols got really strict again. So the number of people that were allowed in our practice facility, which is our TV studios, where it's where they're located, it was a very small number who were allowed there. Myself and two others, we shifted and went over to the stadium and went into the stadium control room and we produced all the press conferences out of there, one-on-one interviews. So it was a really cool experience, something that was one of the most stressful six months that we've had. But our team's incredible and we had a lot of people working from home doing so many things like lots of video editing and creating all the content that you guys see on all of our social media platforms. So it's been a wild six months, six to nine months that we've had. It's been exciting to test and see how we can adapt. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been very strange times, right? For football, for sports, for pretty much any industry um, in the world. Just to acknowledge a couple more comments here. Mili from LinkedIn says, hi, hi there. And to our question about sports, I see expert man saying, yes, I'm watching. And Harry says, I do not watch sports on social media. So like divided crowd here. That's good to, that's good to see. Melissa, what kind of content do you guys produce and stream specifically for social media? Yeah. And so just so you guys know, we started using Restream, I think it may have been back in October. And so for anyone who's curious about Restream, it really, it's been absolutely amazing. Very few errors to no errors at all. And so we stream so much and we're the reason why a lot of our media outlets are able to get press conferences during this pandemic. So how it's worked is we have these PR rooms, which used to be offices for community relations staff, PR members that our engineer and some of our full-time staff were able to convert into press conference rooms. So from there, we're able to put a PTZ camera and we were able to um, control the PTZ camera from across the building and do press conferences from there. We were streaming press conferences every single day, coaches, players, execs. So that was one of, that's probably our, our main project that we've had. We streamed the team practice once a week, which is something that I think a lot of fans really enjoyed. Our production manager produced that and did an amazing job. And we had everyone all hands on deck. We had a lot of camera operators for that. I was the technical director for that. And so it's, it was really cool to see everyone putting themselves in different positions all season to be able to make this work. And then every week we streamed our kickoff show and our post-game show. And all these would go to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, so to all of our platforms so we can get as many views as possible. And then um, Eagles Draft Central is something that would be this year that we would be streaming using Restream, which we're excited for. And we've really enjoyed it. And, and we have, we did a lot of things that we weren't necessarily streaming, a lot of pre-produced content. So one-on-one interviews with players and coaches, podcast interviews. So those were that's a gist of the things that we've been doing the last six months. That's awesome. That's amazing. I remember checking out your social and finding those uh, practices that you guys are streaming live. Why is this important for you to give this kind of like exclusive inside look into how the team is practicing and preparing for the game? I think this year more than ever, because we had, there were maybe two or three games where we were allowed to have, it may have been 6,000 fans in the stadium, but fans usually are a huge part of 
our team, whether it's the, all the fans at the stadium or fans during training camp being able to come to practice, that was something that this year was way different than it ever has been before. So one of the key things for us is being able to make sure that fans can still be able to see their team and feel like they are able to get as much of an experience as they usually are. Now, obviously, being able to stream practice is so different than being able to go to a game and watch the team play. But our production manager, Doyle, did an amazing job with producing our practice stream. So it used to be something in years past where we would have one camera on someone's shoulder the entire time and, and with music underneath. But this year, Ray was able to, I think we had two cameras that we were using live view to send back to us uh, that were out on the field. We had one camera in the bleacher that was hardwired. And then we had one PTZ camera that we were controlling from the control room. So that was our cutaway camera in case something happened with the other cameras, we would just cut to the PTZ, a wide shot of the field. But it was something that we were usually able to stream about 20 to 30 minutes of the team practicing, which is a cool way for fans to be able to connect. And one of the cool things too with streaming is, especially on Facebook, I noticed this, fans are constantly chatting with each other on the stream. So they'll say, oh, look at this player. Look at, they're constantly talking to each other. So it's a great way to connect with fans. And it's hard too, because there's only a certain amount of things that we can show during practice. We obviously don't want to give anything away. We don't want to show them coming up with any kind of trick plays or anything, but we try to give enough where fans are able to see what the team's doing, who's out in the field. We had commentary this year that with two of our hosts, they were talking about injuries, how guys are looking out there, different routes that they're running. It was a different way this year that we're able to connect with fans. So instead of using that one camera that we used to do in the past, we made it the whole production, which was really nice. So it's important to be able to give this to fans, especially since they can't go to games. That is amazing. Yeah, this is really interesting how, despite the fact that we are like more separated and socially isolated, the pandemic actually inspired people like yourself and, and myself as well to create ways to be more connected with the community, with the audience, with the viewers. And as, as little as I know about football, I know that fans are used to being part of the game when they're watching the game real time. Like when they are at the stadium, their reactions, the sounds that they make, they can actually affect the game. So it's so important for them to feel like they're part of the team and not just like spectators or outsiders. So I think that's a great idea that you guys include them into those not your typical moments practice or people are used to watching the game or some kind of like a pre-game or post-game show, but showing them that unique perspective. Okay, this is the reality. This is how the team uh, members are operating in between the moments of the games. I think that was, that's, that was a very interesting idea. And that kind of naturally brings me to the next question that I had for you about the interactive part of video. So one of the important part of live streaming is interactive, right? Like we have our community here in the chat. We want to make sure that they are part of the conversation. We acknowledge them. How interactive are your live streams do you react to the comments from the chat is there any kind of like interaction between or is it primarily focusing on fans talking to each other in the chat and the content just does its own thing yeah so we definitely i'd say more so during the draft we do a lot more interaction where we'll go live in between draft picks with facebook question and answers so um, we would utilize tag board and we would have the hosts ask fans a question, and then we would be able to pick the questions that we liked, and then we'd be able to feature them, and the host would be able to answer them. So that was more so during the draft. We tried to utilize that during our game day shows in the past. One thing we noticed that if we start to lose, it doesn't really work very well because some of the questions that we get aren't appropriate or not, they're not quite something that we want to be able to put in our shows. But for the draft, when people are really excited about who could we possibly pick, they want to know 
um, things about individual guys that we got. It's something that we definitely utilize. And I know our social team, they interact on like Instagram and they respond to comments, which I think is pretty cool. And I think fans really enjoy. So yeah, I think it's important to interact in, in some aspects, but I've noticed too, I think I said earlier on Facebook, the fans are constantly interacting with each other in the comment section of our streams. Sometimes they're yelling at each other. Sometimes they're agreeing with each other and it's cool just to see where everyone's minds are at. So that's where a lot of the interaction comes from. It's really the fans just interacting with each other. Yeah, that is really awesome because that kind of creates this other layer of, of interactive video, right? Like one thing is the content itself, and then the fans can interact with the content with hosts, if it's Q and a session, and then they can also create some space for conversation inside something that they would do in real life. If they were at the stadium, if they were watching the practice offline, they would be talking to each other. So that's a great opportunity for them to feel like they're part of the same ecosystem and the same environment. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. I know that you guys are streaming your content to multiple different platforms. I know you guys have very good presence on Facebook. You have lots of followers and fans on your page. There's also YouTube and Twitter. Why is this important for, for you guys to make sure that those streams, those live activities and content appears on multiple social channels? I think it's important because not everyone has Facebook. Not everyone has Twitter or YouTube. I think if I weren't in this industry, I probably wouldn't have all of them. But for me, I'm constantly checking to make sure our streams are going to everything. So I have all Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, everything. But I know, for instance, I have friends who deleted their Facebook years ago and they rely on Twitter to be able to see their content. So I think it's important to be able to stream to all these different platforms because you're getting different ages, different genders. It depends on what platform you're on. You're streaming to, it's like broadening the horizon of the amount of people that can actually watch. And we put a lot of hard work into everything that we do. So the more eyes on it that we can get, the better, because we spend so many hours producing and creating content. We try to put it out everywhere so everyone can see it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I like the concept of bringing the content where your audience is instead of lending them, forcing them to come to one spot. Hey, you want to watch this stuff? You got to be on YouTube. We don't care where, where you prefer to hang out. So that's like the power of restream, how I see it. Like we bring, we are where the audience is, where we are, where the viewers are. And that's, yeah, that's definitely great. So what aspects of creating live videos for an NFL team based on your experience are drastically different from other live video content that, that you can see on social media. And I know social media is such a big place, right? There's so many different types of content from cooking shows to talk shows like this one, interviews, but what do you think is kind of unique to, to creating live video for an NFL team? I think what's unique is we get absolute inside access where we're, we work in the building where all the players and the coaches are. And so we have access, whereas a lot of the other outlets, they come, they're able to watch practice from the sidelines, then they have to leave the building. So I think what's really cool is we're able to give our perspective from being inside the building and be able to give that inside access that not a lot of other people are able to do. And that's something we take pride in too. It's something that we enjoy being able to do. So I'd say that's probably the number one thing about actually working for the an NFL team. And I'm sure it's that way too, if you work for an NBA team, NHL, we're sure it's the same way. So being able to work for the team is pretty special because the access that you get is really cool. This year was different. This year, because of COVID and protocols, we had to stay away from each other. So the access was a little bit different. And it was, we had some strict protocols just to keep everybody safe, which was amazing that they did. But in years past, at the Novacare Complex, which is where our, our TV studios are, which is where we're based out of, in years past, in a normal year, you walk down the hallway and you see a coach and a player. And it's just something that's very unique and really cool and something growing up that I never thought that I'd be able to experience and be a part of. So it's very rewarding. 
That is awesome. So we are repurposing this life's, <clears throat> excuse me, live shows to a podcast. So for those who are experiencing us in, in the audio format, let me reintroduce you real quick. My guest today is Melissa Kelly. She is studio producer at Philadelphia Eagles, the NFL team. And after a really tiny short break, we are going to be right back. All right, back to our interview. And I had another question for you that's like more generic about sports in general. What do you think is the most challenging thing about live streaming sports these days? I think, so I'm sure everybody would have a different answer. I think for me personally, so I produce our kickoff show and our post-game show, and we can prep as much as we can for the post-game show, but we really don't know sometimes until the final 30 seconds of the outcome of the game. So one of the most challenging parts is being prepared for every possible thing that could happen. And that's where our crew is amazing. Our hosts are amazing. So we're really watching the games up until the very last second, trying to figure out what's going to happen. When can we go live? We always try to go live within 30 seconds of the game ending. So very quick turnaround. I think for me, that's the most challenging part. Also, I think in production, the most challenging part is no matter how many times you test something, sometimes something goes wrong right before you record an interview. And luckily we have an amazing engineer, David Sullivan, who's always helping us. So giving him a shout out and we just have such a great crew. So when those things happen, we try not to panic and, and we're able to usually work through things and fix things. But sometimes working in, in sports and production has its challenging moments, but also it's rewarding moments. And it is really cool too, to see our freelancers come in on game day. They know our shows so well and our talent knows our shows so well. So if we think that the last 10 seconds, we're either going to win, lose, or tie this game, we're always ready at all times. But that's typically the most challenging part is sometimes never knowing the way things are going to go. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make decisions on the fly and like real quick. And also you have to control that tech that sometimes of course breaks because that's the reality of tech. I, I know we kind of talked about this in, in the preview mode, but I, I think it would be a good question to, to ask you, what is your kind of like go-to reaction when something goes wrong? Because there's so many different ways when things can break, right? Like from tech to whatever you expected to happen, didn't happen. People factor, of course, humans are humans. They, they make mistakes. They don't show up. They're late. They're sick. What is your go-to reaction to, oh gosh, like everything I planned for today is not happening. And, and I have 10 seconds, right? There's those 10 seconds before we have to go live and deliver to our community and to our audience. We try not to panic. One thing that we have is we just have a generic graphic. So we're part of Eagles Entertainment is the name of our department and, and everything. So we have a generic graphic that says Eagles Entertainment. So if something goes horribly wrong, we can at least crash out to that, bring the audio down, try to figure out what the issue is. So that's our backup plan. But there have been times where everything is working fine. And then all of a sudden we go live. It's like, where, what happened to this? What happened to that? The key is just making sure that we're all not panicking. And again, going back to our engineer, David Sullivan, he's always listening. He always has his headset on. He knows when something's going wrong. And somehow by some miracle, he's typically able to fix everything for us. But I think our biggest thing is just having that backup graphic where we can just put that up there and then it just buys us 10 seconds if we need it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. 10 seconds can be a lot of time for live streaming. And when Definitely. you are in charge of producing the show, sometimes those 10, 10 seconds could be a lifesaver. So yeah, that's great. That's good to hear. So conversations about sports can get really heated and I'm sure the fans are for the most part meaning well for the team, but they're passionate about what they do. They're passionate about the team. They're passionate about sports. How do you feel when Eagles team has to go live and there is not necessarily its most glorious moment. For example, when there is some kind of like announcement of like some kind of like change in leadership or resignation, or just sim as simple as losing the game and like having to go live right after. 
Yeah, that's, that is hard. We have, we've had some seasons where three years ago we won the Super Bowl, So that was so easy to always go live and we didn't really have many challenges there, but there have been seasons where we didn't do as well as that. It can be challenging to, I, I say mainly for our hosts to go on and try to stay positive, um, but also give the facts. If we lost the game, they still have to give the facts of the game. We didn't play well. So it's definitely challenging for them. And it's hard too, sometimes if we have a losing season to be able to create the kind of content that we want to create. And I think it's something that I'm sure every other NFL team struggles with every other sports team, because not everyone always has winning seasons like we did a few years ago. In 2017, we were creating content left and right because we were doing so well. And we had the ability to do that, but sometimes you have to get a feel for, you kind of have to read the situation also and see what feels right, what doesn't feel. But it definitely can be challenging when, even if a player, one of the key players gets injured, so how do you adapt to that the next day when you're creating content? So it's definitely a challenging part of sports because that kind of goes back to the unknown. You could be planning one day for, you know, like the full roster to be playing and then before the game, the inactives come out and a key person isn't playing. Yeah, with sports, you just, you really don't ever know and you just have to be prepared for everything. And going back to the talent, they do a great job for all the shows that we do that require talent that by spitting the facts, but also staying positive and calm. And so we're lucky in that aspect with the Eagles. We just have such a great crew, great talent and people who can handle every situation that we throw at them. So that's why I feel very lucky to work there. And I'm sure every other NFL team is the same way where they really have the best crew possible. But I feel lucky that we have such an amazing team and our department is so big and everyone specializes in different things. So we're able to adapt to so many different situations and it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. And I think there is something to be said about that vulnerability, um, if, if you wish, that honesty about, hey, yeah, things don't always work out amazing. Ask any person, whatever they do in their career, there are moments when you are all up, all super hyped up, and sometimes it's a low moment. So I think if anything that creates that, that connection, that kind of like intimate experience with your fans, when you go out and say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, we didn't do the best job today. Unfortunately, we did, we could, we could make the thing happen that we were all excited about. So I think that's, that's like creates that true and authentic experience for everyone when you're comfortable to share things that are not necessarily, you know, your, your most glorious moments. So yeah, that's, and the power of life video is that you can do it in real time. And it doesn't look fake, like you prepared some kind of a great, nice and smooth variation of what you're going to say. Like you just go live and you share it as it is with sometimes with emotions that, that are you know present at that moment. Definitely. Yeah, definitely good stuff. You mentioned that you have a big team and that of course Eagles uh, is a great brand. You are very big on social media. Your official YouTube channel has over 130,000 followers and your Facebook is over 3 million uh, followers on the page. What is your um, strategy for growing and retaining such a big audience on social media? So this is a question that, so I don't really do too much with social media. I help to create the content that goes on there. So I've reached out to one of our managers of the social media, Julie Bacanskis. So I asked her this question because I wanted to make sure that I answered this correctly. Yeah. I'm not quite the most qualified person to answer this, but so one thing that she said was they really pay close attention to what fans enjoy. So if we're posting something on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and it blows up, we know that's the kind of content that fans like. I know they also really like to look at the comment section too and see what people like, what they don't like so that's the number one thing that she had said and she said if something performs really well they know that's the kind of content like just keep going for something like that and then she also said maximize opportunities so for instance the example that she gave me was super bowl three years ago we had so many eyes on our content 
And that was a great moment where they utilized that to try to grow the fan base. So the amount of content that we we're posting on a daily basis was insane. And we try to, we really made, we put so much heart and soul into all the content. And that really helps taking advantage of any opportunity that you get. If you have a lot of fans watching a particular game, try to utilize that to be able to grow. So thank you, Julie, for helping me answer that because I'm actually pretty horrible with my own social media pages. So I'm thankful that I asked the expert, Julie. So thank you, Julie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's good to know because of course you guys are a big team and different people are responsible for different things, but I think it's going to be helpful for other people who are watching us and who are not necessarily you know, don't have that big brand just yet, but they're thinking about how to promote their sports community, maybe even esports community. We have a lot of gamers in our, among our audience and among our creators who are using Restream on a regular basis. So it's always good to get some kind of insights and tips like, Hey, yeah utilize, make the most of the moment when you have a lot of eyeballs on and stuff like that. So speaking of those smaller companies, smaller communities uh, that are also focusing on sports content, it could be collegial, could be high school, maybe even amateur sports. When they are thinking about starting their live streaming, what would be your advice uh, for them as a studio producer of like one of the best teams uh, in NFL out there, right? Like when you think about it just on the like lower level, what would be your recommendation to, to those folks who are thinking, hey, maybe if I start live streaming, I can also grow. Yeah, I think a good way for them to grow is try to promote as much as possible. So one thing that I noticed in the past couple of years that we've done is whether it's a podcast, a lot of times we're using that podcast to promote videos or promote different things that's going on. Same thing with our, our kickoff show and post game show. We're often trying to use that to promote some of our other content. So I'd say utilize some of the other areas, some of the things that you have to be able to promote different things, be able to promote your brand. I think one thing too, and this is another thing that I asked our social media manager, Julie Bikanskis, I wanted to ask her opinion on this. And she said, don't be afraid to respond to fans and be able to give them some comments back, but something that fans like. So whether it's Instagram or Facebook, don't be afraid to respond and get some feedback from them. And another thing that I think too is, I don't know, I'd say be persistent and don't give up. So if it's a small school that maybe has 130 followers, don't give up and don't say, okay, no one's watching our content anymore. Just keep trying and keep creating things as best as you can. And then going back to what I was saying, just keep promoting it as best as you can as well. And I know I came from a, a super small school, Kutztown University. And they're creating amazing things. It's a tiny school. Not many people around the country have heard of it, but I keep watching the stuff that they're creating and it's incredible. And they're using good promotional tools. So use them as an example of the things that they're doing. Just small town. No one really knows where it is if you're not from Pennsylvania. So it's cool. So if it's a small school or somebody trying to start, start their own podcast, just even start small, promote it with your friends and family and have them share it on their own Facebook pages, Twitter pages, and try to get the word out about different things that they're creating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like the podcast idea. That's one of the things that we're sharing a lot with our community these days is you, you can't easily combine live streaming and podcasting. If you're using tools like Restream, for example, we're going to finish this live stream and then we will immediately get a recording of this video that we can repurpose into like small short clips. If, if there's something really interesting that we mentioned and discussed here, we could post it on social as a short content, which a lot of people are more comfortable watching because span of attention is limited. And then we also repurpose it uh, by downloading audio only and put it on a podcast. So people who prefer to consume content in, in audio form, like just driving in their cars, podcast, they, they could do that too and get the same exact content. And we don't have to do any, anything extra. We just do one piece of content. We prepare for it. We find amazing guests like Melissa, and then we are 
basically putting it everywhere we can. And that really helps us to grow and, and reach more viewers and retain our audience. And as I well think what you just said, what you just said too. So being able to utilize something like this and be able, be able to like take a little snippet of the best part of it and be able to put that out. That's something yeah. that I notice a lot of our podcast producers do. So they might take a snippet from one of the podcasts that we have that X's and O's podcast or talking to the Eagles players and whatever the best quote is from an interview with a player mm -hmm. from the podcast. A lot of times they'll just take that and put some B-roll over it and put it out on Instagram and tell fans where they can go listen to the entire podcast, which I think is so smart because a lot of fans don't know where they can hear some of this content. And a lot of fans are on Instagram. So that little 30 second blurb that you put out there, now you're driving a bunch of eyes and ears to other content. Exactly. And I really like how you mentioned that you can circle people back to, to original piece, right? They can go always say, Hey, this is a little short clip. And we actually do the audio clips only as well. So sometimes we do a clip as video and sometimes we just have a um, audio clip and we have that, I think that tool is called Descript that allows us to show the text. So basically people can even uh, scroll through their social media feed and they can see that, okay, so Eagles team, we're talking about how to stream sports. And then there is this little snippet that people can read. And then of course there's a link to listen or watch the whole thing if they want to like, dive deeper. So that's, yeah, that's very cool. I'm seeing that some of our comments here, Sanitation F <laughs> says, interesting. He says he is an esports player. That's really cool. And Harry sending us some footballs. Great. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I guess my last question for you for today would be, I know that someone earlier asked us from LinkedIn about how to get a career in sports. Like I would love to work in sports from Sean Porter here. If you're, if you don't mind sharing with us, like how your career with Eagles team started, like how did you find that, that, that community, that, that job, so to say, and like how you progressed in that. So people who are interested in kind of getting in that industry could learn from your experience. That's a great question. Ever since I was younger, I, so I used, I grew up a huge Flyers fan. So growing up, I loved hockey and I thought I wanted to work for something like Comcast Sportsnet growing up. And I used to go at Flyers games. They used to have a glass where you can watch in, if you're walking through the, the open area of the Flyers games, you can watch them actually do production. So that's how I fell in love with it and knew I wanted to go into sports. So then when I went to college, I um, studied electronic media and part of our curriculum was you cannot graduate until you have um, an internship. This is at Kutztown University. So the internship could be anything. It could be reality TV. It could be an internship with a documentary company, but I chose interning for um, the Flyers and the 76ers Arena Vision just so I can get my foot in the door. And that was a great experience. I feel like I gained a lot of connections. And then this is the crazy thing was as soon as that internship ended, two months later, I got a message on LinkedIn from somebody from HR from the Philadelphia Eagles asking if I wanted to intern for them. So I think the key thing is be willing to be an intern. I think if people don't come out of college saying, I want a full-time job doing this, but you have to earn your way and work your way up. And being an intern is a great way to get your foot in the door. Great way to make connections. That's something that I did. And I say most of our staff in Eagles Entertainment started out as interns, which is really cool. I don't know how many staff members have, but a lot of us, we started out as interns and worked our way up. So if you want to get in sports, I think just doing anything you can to make connections, but be willing to know that you're probably not going to right out of college, get your absolute dream job doing the exact thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. You probably have to work your way up to it. And if you go in with that mindset, I think it's a good way to get into sports. And I know I actually didn't really know much about football before I started working for the Eagles because I was all about hockey. That was my passion, my love. Um, and I quickly learned football. So if people are afraid, 
that they don't know enough about the team or enough about sports, you can easily learn it. I had my dad when I was 22 years old trying to intern for the Eagles, quizzing me every night on different positions for football, different players. So it was something that I learned really fast. And now I feel like I know football inside and out. And I feel like I know the players inside and out. It's pretty cool. I would say people don't be discouraged if you even move to a different state and don't know anything about that team. It's something you can easily learn, but just go into things and be willing to do internships, be willing to shadow, send that email out to somebody and say, Hey, is it okay if I come in and see what you guys do make connections that way? So I, that's my best advice that I have. And then I say too, LinkedIn for me was huge. That's how I got an internship with the Eagles. Um, and that's how I know a lot of other people got full-time jobs or internships with the Eagles. So keep your LinkedIn up to date, make sure things are spelled correctly. So LinkedIn is a huge tool that can help you get into sports or really into any kind of field that you want to get into. Yeah, I was going to say your advice is so relevant to any search for your career, because no matter what you do, starting small and being humble and saying, Hey, maybe I don't know everything, but I'm ready to be valuable, the best way, what is your need? What kind of problem can I solve today with my skills? And let me just do that to get started. And then I can grow and progress and, and show how, you know, how passionate I am, how capable I am. And of course, networking, digital networking is super important for us at Restream. When we're looking for people to join our team, we look on LinkedIn all the time. That's, that's our go-to space and definitely having your presence there, networking, connecting with people, offering something of value right away. If you can, Hey, I wrote this social post about you. Hey, I can write an article for you just for, for the experience of that. Those are all great ways to break into the industry and, and get started. And on the side note about learning football, right? Like I am actually originally from Russia. So when I came to the United States, my very first experiences with football were like, I don't understand anything. I don't know what's going on. I see that there are like a bunch of people running around and there's some kind of graphics on top of it. What does that even mean? That was such a mind blowing thing that things are being drawn on, on the field, like with graphics. I was like, what is this doing? Like, how does that help? It's so confusing. But luckily in my relationship, I, I had the opportunity to learn about football because my significant other is a huge fan of, he's like a college football person more than um, anything else. But yeah, he taught me things real quick and I was paying attention. I was interested. I wanted to learn. And now I actually, I got to the point where of course I don't know every single rule, but I know what's going on. I can immediately tell what's going on by just looking at the game. And I learned to enjoy it. Like I love football now. So so that's why I was it's super a great sport. It's a great sport. It's so interesting to watch. And there's, it's just uh, a lot of people think, okay, football is just, it's just so physical. It's so rough, right? Like people are like hitting each other all the time. People get injured, but it's interesting how intellectual it is when you think about the things that quarterback has to do in order to do the play, like how many different combinations he has to have in mind and how many different things he have to ac accomplish and account for while he has like seconds, if, if not less before, before that game is over, at least that specific play. I, I was really fascinated by how smart that sport is and how smart you have to be in order to be successful there. So that was my little <laughs> revelation. It's a good revelation. Melissa, thank you so very much for talking to us today. I really appreciate it. For, for our community, if you guys want to see Melissa's work, see how Eagles do their social media, learn from them, and also be part of their community and connect, you can find them on facebook.com uh, uh, slash Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, you can also find them on YouTube. And if you just Google Philadelphia Eagles, I'm sure you will not miss the opportunity to find some content and some, some ways to connect. And my guest today was Melissa Kelly. And if you want to connect with her on LinkedIn, I'm sure you are open to that. Is that right? Feel free, throw, throw the connection invite out and I will definitely gladly accept.
Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Melissa. And let me juggle you off for today. Thanks for being with us. Great. Thank you so great much. Conversation. Thank you. I feel honored. So thank you so much. Me too. Me too. It was great conversation. So natural and so lively. Thanks for being with us today. All right, guys, this is going to be our show for today. This, like I mentioned, is a new new event for us we are going to do creator spotlight by week by monthly actually every other week so let us know in the comments uh, if you enjoy the show if you have any further questions for melissa or myself please let us know in the chat or in the comments uh, and let us know what kind of other guests you would like to see because we're preparing some really interesting program for you spotlight different creators from all kinds of industries so please share who would you like to who would you like us to talk to and what you would like to learn about and yeah, other than that, you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And my name is Anya. I was your host here with Rich Team in Austin, Texas. And have a wonderful rest of your day.